in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. St. Paul, in his second letter to uh, Corinth, actually, he spoke about the glory of the ministry of the new covenant. And actually, when we think that God entrusted us to be a servant or ministers of the new covenant, we, when we think about it, none of us is worthy of this. But God, in his humbleness, in his kindness, in his compassion, he made us sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant, not the old covenant. And St. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he spoke about seven differences, seven differences between the ministry of the old covenant and the new covenant. So I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. St. Paul was accused with two main accusations. The first accusation that he does not keep the law of Moses. He does not keep the law of Moses. And he is teaching the people against the law of Moses. And the second accusation about how he accepted the Gentiles. And he is accepting the Gentiles without making them Jews first. And he is teaching them you don't need to be circumcised or to keep the law of Moses. And some people, Christian, from Jewish background, in order to win the battle with the Judaizers, who are the Judaizers? Judaizers are Christian from Jewish background who actually teach that you need to keep the law in order to be Christian. If you don't keep the law, you cannot be Christian. We call them Judaizers. So St. Paul in order, sorry, some servants or ministers in order to please the Judaizers, actually they preach you need, you must keep the law of Moses to be Christian. And they took actually letters of recommendation from the Judaizers to recommend to them these are the true ministers of the new covenant. That's why St. Paul started 2 Corinthians chapter 3 by saying, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Do I need to praise myself? Do I need to commend myself to you to explain you that I am a true apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Also, they accused him that he is not one of the apostles because he did not see the Lord Jesus Christ like Peter, like John, like Andrew, like Philip. So St. Paul, that's why he repeated several times how the Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus. So he's telling them, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Do I need to praise myself and my ministry and remind you that the Lord appeared to me and entrusted me with this ministry? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you? Do I need to bring some letter of recommendation to Corinth? By the way, this is the second letter, which means he preached Corinth, then he sent them the first letter. So he established the church there. So he's like becoming sarcastic. After I sent you the first letter, and after I established the church in Corinth, and I labored among you, do I need right now to bring letter of recommendation to you as some others are doing? Or in reality, I actually, if I want to get letter of recommendation, it will be from you or letter of commendation from you. Because you witnessed my ministry. You witnessed how I labored among you. You witnessed how I established the church in Corinth. And when some problems happened, I addressed all these problems in my first letter. So if anyone can write a letter of recommendation, it should be you, not anybody else. And he said, do you know what? The true letter is not to write a letter to say, yes, St. Paul is a true apostle. The true letter is you. You are our epistle, written in our heart, known and read by all men. And this applies, your children are your uh, epistle. For example, when they see children disciplined, uh, living a godly life, they will ask, who is their Sunday school teacher? They will tell so and so, yes. That's why these are the children of so and so. And also, if the children are not disciplined, not living a godly life, this also will reflect the service of their Sunday school servant. So St. Paul told them, you are our epistle, written in our heart. The Holy Spirit wrote you in our heart, meaning what? Not only their names, but their life. So when St. Paul prays, he prays for their strength and their weakness. They are in his heart. He carries them wherever he goes. Like in the Old Testament, uh, the high priest used to have breastplate on his chest. In this breastplate, he has the 12 tribes of Israel carrying him, carrying them in his heart. Whenever he stands before God, he remembers them. So the Holy Spirit wrote you in my heart. And you are 
known and read by all men. When the people see us, why this group is different? Because they are Christian. They are disciples of Jesus Christ. They can read in me the commandment of God. Maybe they cannot speak about non-Christian. They don't have Bible to read it. But they can read, love your enemy when you see me loving my enemy. They can read the commandment of forgiveness when they see me forgiving others. You can read me the commandments of charity when they see my charitable deeds, and so on. Known and read by all men. And then St. Paul said, but you are not my epistle. Just because just I am a tool in the hand of God. I'm like a pen in the hand of the Holy Spirit. In reality, you are, clearly you are an epistle of Christ. So in reality, you are not my epistle, epistle of St. Paul, but you are epistle of Christ. I am just pen in his hand, read, ministered by us, God using me as a tool to write the commandment in your heart. Written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not with ink, but the Holy Spirit actually engraves in your life the commandment of God. And not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that's your heart. Not on tablets of stone, he's hinting to what? To the Ten Commandments. And why God actually wrote the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone? They just came from Egypt, and the Lord can write them on two papyrus paper, for example. Why? He wrote them on a tablet of stone to tell them that your hearts are hardened like stone. You know, in Ezekiel, the Lord said, I will remove from you the heart of stone and will give you heart of flesh. I said this several times before. Let me repeat it again. If you have a piece of stone here, the word of God is like a sword. So when you shoot a sword on a piece of stone, what will happen to the sword? It will break. The same way commandment of God hit the heart of the people in the old covenant and the word of God was broken. But if you have a piece of flesh and then you shoot a sword on this piece of flesh, it will pierce the, the flesh. In the book of Acts, you read several times, and when they heard the word, they were pierced in their heart. That's the Holy Spirit, the word of God. Now they are hearts of flesh. That's why he said, you are the epistle of Christ. Ministered by us, who are tools in the hand of God. But who is writing the Holy Spirit? Not by ink, but by the Holy Spirit. And not on tablets of stone, because in the new covenant, after you are baptized and chrismated, now your heart is not hardened. God removed the hearts of stone and gave you hearts of flesh. And we have such a trust, 
through Christ toward God. Because, as I explained yesterday in the Bible study, because of this relationship between me and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit united me with Christ, and through Christ I become son of God the Father. So, the work of the Holy Spirit in writing the epistle in my heart and making me an epistle of Christ through, through this trust, having such a trust through Christ toward God. Now I can stand before God the Father and I dare to call him our Father who art in heaven because now I am accepted. Now I am beloved in Jesus Christ. Now I have access to the throne of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you start to speak about service, ministry. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. None of us should think that I am sufficient of myself. Actually, all my talent, all my gifts are zero. Because our sufficiency is from God. So if I am a successful, faithful, honest servant, it's not because of me. It's because of God. Our sufficiency is from God. And if I am not a successful servant, do you know why? Because my bond with God is weak. If my bond with God is strong, I will be a successful servant. Because our sufficiency does not come from training. I'm not belittling the training and the knowledge and the reading and the experience. I'm not belittling all these. But all these things without God is a big zero. Has no value. Our sufficiency from God. But when actually I have this strong bond with Christ, then the little talents that I have, God will bless them and will make me qualified, will make me sufficient. And all of us as servants, actually we should remember this, our sufficiency, not of ourselves, to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. God actually, who also made us as ministers of the new covenant. Now, starting from verse 6, he will compare between the new covenant and the old covenant. Being servant in the new covenant and being servant of the old covenant. What is the first difference? I told you there are seven differences. The first one he said, not of the letter, but of the spirit. What does this mean? The Old Testament ministry was ministry of the letter. The commandments are letters. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not murder. Just letters. And you need to keep them. But in the New Testament, these commandments are not letters. But these commandments are anointed by the Spirit of God and have the power of the Holy Spirit who pierce my heart 
and make me able to keep the commandment. Big, big difference when I tell you, thou shalt not commit adultery and do it by your own, or I tell you, thou shalt not commit adultery and then I give you the power to live life of purity. I give you, that the Holy Spirit is speaking, I give you all what you need to be able to keep the commandment. In the Old Testament, just letters, because we did not receive the Holy Spirit. But in the New Testament, it is the ministry of the Spirit. Usually at the beginning of the new year, or like next week, we'll start the great fast. Many people say, I need some practical exercise or spiritual exercise. I will train myself during the fast humble, to be humble. Or I train myself on uh, charity. I train myself to be more loving. I will train myself to be more forgiving. And then I start to read some books and make some exercises. I will do this and this and this. And after I do all these exercises, I find myself is failing. What's wrong? You know why? That's the ministry of the Old Testament. You do it by yourself. But the ministry of the New Covenant is to be united with Christ first. Then when you are united with Christ and filled with the Spirit, then any spiritual exercise, you will be able to keep it. You will be able to handle it. So in spiritual exercise, you are practicing away from being united with Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the ministry of the letter. And sometimes we as Sunday school servant, we teach our children, here are the rules, one, two, three, four. You need to keep these rules. But you did not teach them how to bond with Christ, how to be filled with the Spirit. So even if they kept the rules, but they will not be spiritual. But if we teach them how to be united with God, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be children of God the Father, and to be one with Christ, then actually, when you give them exercises, they will be able to keep it. We need to focus more on our bond with our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the ministry of the Spirit, not the ministry of the letter. Until now, we serve like ministers of the Old Covenant. Letter, just here is a list of commandments. You need to keep them. Do it on your own. That's the ministry of the Old Testament. New Covenant, ministry of the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be united with Christ. Be a son or a daughter to God the Father. Then you will be able to keep these commandments. Big difference. Second difference, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So the ministry of the Old Covenant is ministry of death, but the ministry of the New Covenant is ministry of life. What do I mean by this? I give you certain commandment, do it in your own, and if you don't do it, you will be dead. Nobody was able to keep the commandment. So as if they were preaching death, to them. That's the ministry. You are dead because you cannot keep the commandment. 
But the ministry of the new covenant is the ministry of the spirit. No, you are not dead. You have the spirit. You can do all things in Jesus Christ to strengthen you. Even if you failed, it is not the end of the world. Come, repent, be washed in the tears of confession and in the blood of Jesus, and you will live again. So, some of us actually, we preach a message of death, not message of life. Message of condemnation, not message of freedom. We preach them, do, do, do this, but if you don't do this, you're cursed, you're dead. This was the ministry of the new covenant. The ministry of the new covenant, you need to preach glad tidings. You are alive. Jesus rose from the dead. You are alive because of his resurrection. You are one with Christ. Jesus died for our sins and rose for our justification. In him, you are alive. So are you preaching death or are you preaching life? If you are preaching death, that's the ministry of the old covenant. But the ministry of the new covenant, you are preaching life. Preaching spirit and preaching life. The third difference. But if the ministry of death, that's the old covenant, written and engraved on stones, the Ten Commandments, was glorious, has glory to the extent when Moses descended from the mountain, his face was shining. People couldn't look at the face of Moses. They used to put veil in order to, uh, because he cannot behold his face. So definitely it was glorious. So that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance. So the third difference, this was glorious ministry. But the glory is like a glory of a lamp shining in the darkness. Like a glory of candle shining in darkness. That is the glory of the old covenant. And the fourth difference, this ministry and the glory of this ministry was passing away. It's not permanent. That, that's why in verse 7 he said, which glory was passing away? So, if the ministry of death was glorious, verse 8, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? If this glory is like lamp in darkness, if this glory is like candle in darkness, this glory is like the sun. So when actually the sun shines or uh, arise, the glory of the candle and the glory of the lamp is gone, pass away. You cannot see the glory of a candle or a glory of lamp in the shining sun. That's why he said, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious. So, ministry of letter, ministry of the spirit. Ministry of death, ministry of life. Ministry of 
dim glory, ministry of exceeding glory, ministry that's passing away, ministry that is permanent and eternal. Verse 9. We preach message of condemnation, not message of freedom. People come to the church and leave the church feeling condemned, guilty, dead, uh, going to hell. That's actually how they feel when they leave the church. This is not the minister of the new covenant. The minister of the new covenant, people should leave the church, feel free in the Lord Jesus Christ, justified in him, powerful in him, glorified in him that is the minister of the new covenant so if the minister of condemnation had glory the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory this ministry of the new covenant is minister of righteousness ministry of justification righteousness from the word right now you are doing what's right in front of God you are righteous. Not your own righteousness, but because you put on the righteousness of Christ. This morning after I baptized the children, I explained to them the white garment, it is the righteousness of Christ. So when we come and be baptized, these children, they didn't do anything. So this righteousness is not their own righteousness. What did they do to be righteous? Uh, what did they do to, to get rid of the corrupted nature and the original sin? They did nothing. But the Lord Jesus Christ actually gave them his righteousness as a free gift because they believed in him, the faith of their parents, and died with him in baptism and rose with him and become chrismated with the Holy Spirit. That's the ministry of righteousness. Now you are righteous. And the minister of righteousness, you commit any sin, not a big deal. I'm not making it easy just to go and commit sin and come. No, that's not my intention. But even if you fall because of your weakness, that's not the end of the world. Come, repent, confess your sins, partake of his body and his blood, and you will be righteous again. You will wash your garment in the blood of the Lamb, and you will be righteous again. That's a ministry that we should give and convey to our children. You're righteous in Christ, not you are condemned because of your sins. There's a big difference between the ministry of the Old Covenant and the ministry of the New Covenant. So, ministry of letter, ministry of the Spirit, ministry of death, ministry of life, ministry of dim glory, ministry of exceeding glory, ministry of that's passing away, ministry that's permanent and eternal, ministry of condemnation, ministry of righteousness. Verse 10, for even what was made glorious, 
the ministry of the old covenant that was made glorious now has no glory in this respect because the candle when the sun shines the glory of the candle will disappear so in this respect if we compare this glory with the glory of the new covenant there is no glory so what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels when you you compare the glory that excels with the glory that's very dim like candle then there is no glory for if what is passing away was glorious what remains is much more glorious the ministry of the new covenant that remains is more uh, glorious if i send you to say to somebody you are under arrest and uh, there is order from the court that you will be dead they will execute you you are under sentence of this how many of us we are motivated to go and deliver this message none of us but on the opposite if a person under sentence of death and the court decided he will be executed on that day and then there is presidential forgiveness and i send you to preach to this person he is forgiven he is released and all the penalties and all the charges against him are dropped how much you will be motivated to go and deliver this message you will be very excited to go and deliver this message right that's why he said in verse 12 therefore since we have such a hope we use great boldness of speech if you are not motivated to preach either because you don't understand the magnitude and the glory of the new covenant ministry or because you are still preaching a message of condemnation and a message of death that's why you are not motivated but if you understand the glory and the content of the message you are going to preach a new acceptable year of the lord you are going to preach to the captives by the deliverance to the poor by satisfaction as we read in isaiah when the lord actually entered the temple in 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 luke chapter uh 4 the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach what kind of preaching the gospel the glad tidings to the poor he sent me to heal the broken hearted to proclaim liberty to the captive recovery of sight to the blind set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord many of us we don't preach this many of us we don't preach the glad tidings to the poor healing to the broken hearted actually some people come to the church healed and they leave broken hearted from the church we don't proclaim liberty to to the captive we don't proclaim recovery of sight to the blind we don't proclaim liberty to those who are oppressed who are not preaching the acceptable year of the lord 
That's why we are not motivated. Either because we are preaching the wrong message or because we don't understand the glory of our ministry. But if we understand the glory of our ministry, as St. Paul said, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. I will run motivated to everybody, tell them, listen, the Lord Jesus Christ came to release you from your captivity, to give you freedom from your addiction, to give you purity from your uh, bad habits, to give you healing to your broken heart. That is the message that we should actually preach and teach. Verse 13, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. The old covenant, there was a veil. They couldn't behold the glory of God. So number six, the sixth difference, it is a veiled ministry. You preach them God, but they cannot see God. There is enmity between them and God. How many times you say to your children, God is upset or disappointed at you? That means of the old covenant. You are preaching to them, veil. God is turning his face away from you. He's disappointed at you. He's upset at you. That's the ministry of the old covenant. Veil. Unlike Moses, the ministry of the new covenant is different than the ministry of Moses and the old covenant. Who put a veil over his face. You cannot look the glory of God. So that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So although this was passing away, but they could not look at it. But their minds were blinded. Their minds were blinded. The veil represents the blindness of the mind and thoughts. For until this day, even after the resurrection of Christ, even after the Pentecost, unfortunately, all the non-believers and the Jews, until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. That's why I told you, if you are preaching them spiritual exercises, do and don't, do and don't, do and don't, that's a veiled ministry. But preach them to be united with Christ, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be children of God the Father, and the veil will be removed. Their mind will be enlightened. Their mind will understand. Their mind will see the glory that God actually prepared for them. The glory of God. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So the new covenant ministry is a ministry with unveiled face. But the old covenant ministry is veiled ministry. Many people say, 
We read the scripture and we don't understand it. Because the veil is removed only in Christ. Because the veil, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When your children tell you, I don't understand the scripture, ask them, do they have personal relationship with Christ or not? Do they know Christ or not? If they know him, if they know who he is, and start to get into this bond, this union with Christ, and to be filled with the Spirit, and become children of God the Father, then the veil will be removed. They will be enlightened. They will understand the mysteries of the Word of God and the mysteries of the Kingdom of Heaven. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Please don't give them any exercises without emphasizing the importance of turning to the Lord, becoming one with the Lord, united with the Lord, filled with the Spirit, children of God the Father. That is how the veil, the enlightenment of our minds will happen. These days we speak a lot about enlightenment, enlightenment, enlightenment. Enlightenment is not just to follow the world. Enlightenment is not just to be liberal and not to follow the tradition of the church. No, no, that's not the enlightenment. The true enlightenment, when the veil is removed, when you turn to the Lord, when you are reunited with the Lord Jesus Christ and become filled with the Spirit and become children of God the Father. The last difference Now the Lord is the Spirit. And when the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. The Old Covenant ministry is a ministry of bondage. Ministry of slavery. I am a slave to sin. And I cannot free myself. But the ministry of the New Covenant is ministry of freedom. Ministry of liberty. I can do all things in Jesus Christ who strengthens me. And we need actually to teach our children, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but he gave us a spirit of power, victory, and love. That's the spirit we received. We did not receive a spirit of bondage, but received a spirit of adoption by whom we call God our Father who art in heaven. We call him Abba Father. So this is a ministry of the new covenant is ministry of liberty, ministry of freedom. What are you preaching? Are you preaching glitter or spirit? Are you preaching uh, dim glory or exceeding glory? Are you preaching death or life? Are you preaching condemnation or righteousness? Are you preaching veiled ministry or unveiled ministry? Are you preaching uh, freedom or you are preaching bondage? Are you preaching passing away uh, glory or you are preaching uh, everlasting glory? And the last verse in this chapter, very, very beautiful verse. But we all, we all, with unveiled face, when we return it back to the Lord and the veil is removed, beholding as in a mirror, because when we go to heaven, 
we will behold him face to face. But now we are beholding as in, as in a mirror. So there is a mirror reflecting. Give me, mirror actually give me exactly almost the same thing. As in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And just looking at the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. When actually, if you want to get suntan, can you imagine a person went uh, with veiled, he, he's totally covered, even his face is covered, and then he lied on the beach for 10 hours. Do you think he will get any suntan? Of course not. But he has to remove the veil in order for the rays and the beams of the sun transform him. In the same way, when we look at the glory of God with unveiled face, will be transformed. The beams, the rays, the grace of God, of the Holy Trinity, will transform me and I will be transformed from glory to glory, from glory to glory into that image, into the image of Christ. <coughs> and this is the work of the Spirit of the Lord. If I went to the beach, unveiled, but I lasted for five minutes and then left, do you think I will get suntan? Of course not. I need to spend enough time that's why our, our prayers are long. Some people complain from long prayer. But actually, long prayer has intention to stand before the Lord, before His glory, with unveiled face. So the grace of the Holy Spirit will penetrate me and transform me from glory to glory. But drive-through prayers will not transform you. Quick prayers that just you want to pray two minutes in the morning and you run, you will not be transformed. If you want to be transformed, but we all with unveiled face. What is the veil that actually separates me from God is my sins. But if I turn to the Lord and in Christ, the veil will be removed with unveiled face, beholding as in mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You need to teach your children prayer. How to pray. How to stand before God with unveiled face. If you preach them, as I told you, give them exercises. I wanted you to do this and to do that. But you did not teach them how to stand before God with unveiled face, and how to love the time of prayer, how to love the time of my union with God. If you don't teach them this, all the exercises and the rules you are giving them are vanity. Nothing will not help them. But we all, beholding the glory of God with unveiled face, as in mirror, will be transformed from glory to glory to that image just as by the Spirit of the Lord.
So I, I want actually every one of us to reflect on our ministry. What kind of ministry? I, I am afraid that although now 2,000 years after the resurrection of Christ, but still we are preaching the ministry of the old covenant, not the ministry of the new covenant. The ministry of the new covenant is the ministry of the spirit, ministry of life, ministry of exceeding glory, ministry of permanent everlasting glory, ministry of righteousness, ministry of unveiled face, ministry of liberty and freedom. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.